This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. What's up, guys? Ryan here with Torsion Talk Podcast. And uh, I've got a new platform that we're using. Um, You guys should be really excited about it. (laughs) Because now I have access to things like if you guys don't think I'm funny and I really think I am, I can play these to make myself feel better. I think it's freaking awesome and it's taking the podcast to a whole new level. Uh, so we're we're uh, we're actually uh, here today with Tamara, who uh, works with me at such and such, and Tommy Lynn, which. Uh, he, he and I work together on a project called Amplify Art, which um, I think I've mentioned on here before. Uh, but Tamara, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Not that we haven't talked like a hundred times already today. <laughs> um, Tommy, how are you, bro? Doing awesome, man. Excited for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Tommy is a CPA. Um, he's also, I think your official title is CFO for Amplify Art. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw, like, I've got like three different titles all spread out in different places. Uh, so I'm not quite sure exactly what I am. Uh, but, um, card holder, I guess is what I'll call myself. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do, uh, Tommy on an everyday basis. Uh, in Amplify or like my no, just in your everyday like uh, I mean yeah, talk about your CPA side and then talk a little bit about um the the Amplify Art project. Uh, So for my CPA side, um, so I currently work for like KPMG and uh, most I work right now are like partnership and corporation tax return. Um, I deal with mostly real estate rates. Uh, um, there. And with Amplify Art, uh, I'm current CFO, so I handle all the financial side, budgeting, forecasts, uh, anything that has money related with Amplify, I handle that on that side. Um, so, yep, just a short gist of that. Awesome. Yeah, so Amplify Art, for those of you guys who don't know, if I haven't um, mentioned it on here before, Amplify Art is a music NFT platform, and we literally just launched on the 25th, I think it was. It was Monday. Um, And uh, talking about some, like, new cutting-edge technology, uh, we're one of the first ones to market with something like this. And for these of you guys who are unfamiliar, NFTs are non-fungible tokens, um, and it's uh, blockchain and smart contract technology. Uh, very similar to what you'll see in crypto. And so today's episode, I'm going to be talking about investing in cryptocurrency and uh, brought Tommy on because he's a tax guy and there's a lot of questions around taxes. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, cryptocurrencies. We're going to talk a little bit about taxes and how those affect because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so I want to kind of sure those things up. Now, before we get started, we got to do like a little bit of a disclaimer uh, for Tommy and, and Tamara and myself. Um, but in no way are we giving you financial advice. Uh, we are just discussing for entertainment purposes, um, what you do with your money is your own, uh, ideas and, and thoughts. And, uh, if you lose everything, um, don't call me, uh, or, or Tommy call Tamara. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you guys for joining. Uh, I want to just kind of start out by saying, I got it. Like uh, Tommy and I both uh, have a common mutual friend who runs Amplify Art, um, and that's how we've been pulled together. Now on the other side, uh, we've got um, Russ, um, and and he he runs Amplify Art. Um, Russ both got Tommy and I kind of in crypto, right, Tommy? Uh, correct. He got you in crypto. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember being in church and. Um, you know, it was very similar to Tommy's experience where it's like, hey, do you have a couple hundred bucks you could throw at something? And I'm like, mm, depends. Like, uh, what is it? 
And he's like, crypto. And I'm like, oh, I've been meaning to invest in crypto. And he's like, yeah, I got the perfect coin. He's like, let's go out to the truck and uh, sit in your car and I'll walk you through it. So I had to like create this, uh, I don't know, it was like a 15-step process, very complicated at that time to buy the crypto that he was wanting me to buy, which was KinCoin. Um, and KinCoin, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, was like a social um, currency uh, for like games online. Um, and so, uh, it was a chat company, uh, trying to get into the social, um, currency type. Uh, so anyway, I put $300 in and, uh, it blew up like overnight, like just went crazy. And then I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then like the next night it was like 50% loss. And I was like, wow, that really sucks. Um, and so, but I started watching it and, and that $300 was a great investment because I did almost lose all of it. But at the same time, it got me in the game, um, and had me, and I think that's kind of how a lot of people start in crypto, uh, is they invest a little, they lose a little and, but they see the potential. And so they start like watching it and checking it. And, um, I think from there, a lot of people really enjoy it, um, and start investing. So, um, Tommy, what was the uh, what was your first uh, token or coin that you purchased? Uh, Ethereum was the first one that Russ got me to. Um, he even told me about all the crypto games and stuff, and I was just like crazy about it. He um, he told me about Axie. I'm not sure that's one of the biggest one. And at that yeah. time, it was when he told me he's like I should start playing it. And it was like $6 or $12 for an Axie. Now they're like over $100 each. And I'm just like hating myself. <laughs> so, uh, but Darren, you know. I yeah, Russ ends up finding right? out about. Yeah, Russ always finds out about stuff of like super, super early. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost to the point where you're like, dude, am I going to go to jail for this? <laughs> um, I can remember thinking that a couple of times. Uh, so... He he gets some crazy ideas, uh, but but he's a smart dude and he stays uh, on the cutting edge. Uh, so, I um I have a lot of conversations with people because people know that I'm involved in uh, cryptocurrency, and um, so I want to first talk to you about uh, investing in cryptocurrency. So, um, for me, like uh, I think there's a lot of different platforms in order to be able to purchase now as opposed to when it was in 2017. You got, uh, you got, you can very easily purchase in uh, Cash App. I think Venmo's opened up, PayPal, mm-hmm. um, and then you have like exchanges, uh, and you have different types of exchanges. You got Binance, Binance US. Uh, you got Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, uh, Voyager, KuCoin. Like, there's a bunch of uh, different uh, FTX, which is advertising in the during the World Series. That they've got badges on all of the. Um, the umpires, uh, they're getting um, plugged at every commercial. They're on the advertising in the stadiums. Uh, I mean, th- they've spent a ton of money. Um, I think the the few guys that started that came from uh, big tech out of Silicon Valley, um, and uh, and so they're blowing up right now. And they're they're kind of the new kids on the block, but it, and their claim to fame is we're kind of like uh, trying to make things easy for people so it's not so complicated and um, accessible. And one of the biggest challenges with investing in cryptocurrencies uh, is regulation, taxes, the unknown, um, the idea of losing all your money. Uh, and so I just want to tackle some of those things. Uh, for me, I'll kind of start out, you know, I started investing in 2017. And, um, and, and my only regret to this point is not investing more uh, especially when everything was down, when the news was talking about cryptos going to zero and, you know, they're going to regulate it and they're going to do away with it. Um, China's cut it out and India's cut it out. And you got all these freaking, all the FUD and the news uh, where they're trying to get, uh, you know, I think it's price manipulation in my opinion, but they drive the price down. Uh, and so, since I learned that and I've watched cryptocurrency since 2017, I do know now when everybody's panicking and pulling out, that's when I buy. And then when it's going crazy, that's when I sell or I just hold it depending on what it is. Um, now, we talk about uh, the government. It treats 
cryptocurrency like real property. Um, and tell me if I've got any of this wrong. And so we have, uh, anytime you sell real property uh, for a profit, um, you have short-term and long-term capital gains. Um, can you help uh, explain to my audience uh, if I were to put $100 in and it went and it doubled to 200 and I take that 200 out, what what kind of tax implications am I looking at? So for short-term capital gain, it's taxed at ordinary rates. So it's basically, the easiest way to think of it is how much you make on your income, you just add a $100 to your total income. It'll be taxed at the bracket of where you make on your income. You know, so like, depending on your, if you're single, married, you'll be taxed at a different rate. Um, that would be the short term, uh, just based on where you're at in the tax bracket. So you can just you can pretty much Google that and see where you're at in your bracket. So if you're at 25% tax. Yep. Then um, you'll be taxed. If you're on at 25% tax. Then yep, you'll be taxed 25% on that $100. So you'll be taxed $100. And of course, that's just the federal income tax rate. You also okay. have to consider and then the long-term states. capital gains. So the long-term capital gain, depending also, okay. it's taxed at 20, I mean, zero, tw- uh, 15, and 20%. So if you were make for a marriage couple, currently with the rate is 80, if you make zero to $80,000, you're taxed at 0%. So you can have tax gain of like a hundred dollars and if you're at like 50,000, then you'll, you won't be taxed at all for that gain for the long term. So that, so that's like a huge beneficial, like holding it for the long term while, uh, you know, depending on what your bracket is, how much you make. Um, so it really depends on your single or married. Um, the example I just thought about just being married is like zero to 80. Uh, they want to say, 15% of that 80,000 to close to half a million and half a million dollars or more, you'll pay 20%. And if you're single, it'll just pretty much cut in half of that number. So it'd be like zero to $40,000 would be that 0%. And then 40 to like $440,000 would be uh, the 15% above that would be 20% on the tax rate. So, so it, moral of the story is if you want to invest in crypto, get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better benefit uh, on the tax side if you're married. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Plus you get another extra like $12,000 right. so, deductions. Uh, there you go. So another question, um, I got a couple questions on how this is all done, but uh, I know with r- like real estate, they they have uh, capital gains as well. And one way to escape or um, get away with not paying capital gains on uh, your your gains on a property is to invest it into another real estate. So um, let's say, like if I'm flipping a house and let's say I sell that house and I make sixty thousand dollars profit, I can take that sixty thousand and I can put it in another house. And essentially it starts over. Um, and if I hold that house for a year, then I've basically escaped short-term capital gains. Do I understand that properly? Yeah. So for real estate, that what you're doing is pretty much a like kind exchange. So there's a process where you go to prove that like your property that you're switching is exactly the same property um, to where there's a like kind exchange. So you def- kind of defer your tax on those gains. While in cryptocurrency, it's it's not you can't buy Ethereum and then like sell and then buy another Ethereum to wash like defer tax. It doesn't like once you sell, you have to pretty much pay the gotcha. tax for, on that. Got you. Okay, so here's another question because this is something I've always thought of. I'm, I don't even know the answer to it, but let's say I buy. Uh, I bought one Bitcoin at six thousand, mm-hmm. right? And then every month after that, I put in, um, I put in another thousand dollars every month for for five years, um, and then uh, it goes way up, like it is now, sixty thousand dollars, right? And mm-hmm. then I take out like uh, I don't know, 
let's say I take out $20,000. Is that $20,000 gain or am I taking out uh, part of my, my investment at that point? Yeah. So, uh, so, so the rules, so if the, sorry, bring a little, I think you broke a little bit, but I think I kind of got the gist of everything. So the rules will be different depending on the countries yeah. you're in. Since we're in the U.S., I'm, I'm going to just focus on U.S. laws. Um, so the U.S. laws, we all we have these things called LIFO, FIFO, and HIFO, which is like last in, first out, uh, first in, first out, and then highs in, first out. So you can actually choose one of them. And if you choose one, you have to stick with that one. Uh, how you want to do uh, to do your tax on like the crypto currency, and everyone has a different uh, you know tax gain loss depending on which one you choose. You know, and you ha- and you have to sit there and figure it out, and it's it's really quite difficult with crypto because so many there's so many transactions going on, and I know there's like apps out there to help 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 people. So in your case, let's say like if you bought that 6,000 and you took the a thousand and a thousand. And if you chose, uh, let's say, uh, last and first out, I mean, first, let's, let's just do is first, first and first out. So that means the first one you bought is 6,000. And then after that thousand, thousand. So if you bought, if you took out $20,000, it'll see if, if that $6,000 that you initially invested, let's say it goes to, uh, in this case, like $26,000, it's worth $26,000 the first um, coin you buy, then you have to pay um, for, the, so for the difference, uh, $20,000 minus $6,000, so it'll be like $14,000 in tax gain. And then on the day you bought it, you have to see if it's when did you buy it and when did you withdraw it. That would be determining your short-term or long-term gain. If you do last in, first out, that means you're going to take out the money that you put in before, so you're talking about a thousand dollars you're putting in. So you have to look at the last uh, money that you put in your investment. So you put a thousand dollars. How much gain was that? If you had, or if you had loss, you know, since cryptocurrency is pretty volatile. Um, so then you pretty much keep adding it back until you have that twenty thousand um, dollars. So in case in your situation, let's say you took out a thousand. Let's say there's a five thousand dollar gain on each one, and then you just pretty much go back until you hit the twenty thousand dollars. But then usually, if you're doing LIFO, you're paying the short term, you know, uh, tax rate. So in this situation, most people would probably pick FIFO just because they want to try to get the long term tax rate. But then at the same time, with FIFO, with the how cryptocurrency is, it's a lot cheaper back then so you're paying like a larger you know tax gain if you have a tax gain the other one the third one is hifo which is it'll be a little bit difficult more to do um it's pretty much highest in first out so it's basically whichever you bought the cryptocurrency at the highest value that's the one that you're trying to take out so it could be like one of them could be a year ago or another amount to be for this year. So you have to calculate through that. And that's a lot more work and time. So you also like consider the time and stuff. Um, I know, like I said, I mean, there's apps out there that's supposed to help that. I haven't personally went to those apps to see how well it works to calculate the taxes, but uh, I've seen a few. So I think this year or next year, when I do my tax, I might download one, test it out to see how well it really like organizes your transactions. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking if I got audited, how in the world would they figure all this out? Like I can't even figure it out. I'm looking at all these transactions in and out and I'm like, what the heck? Like it's hard enough for me. I just know I bought it this, I'm selling it this, but then you've got like, I probably have a million transactions yeah. since 2017. Like how are you going to track all that? That's crazy. Tamara, what's your question? So just with the LIFO and the FIFO that you were talking about, like, so is that something that you select when you take it out or is that something that you like notate when you're doing your taxes or, or I mean, what is that? um, How, how do we use that as somebody that purchases crypto? So on that, 
you pretty much have when you select it when you do your tax return. So when you're you especially talk to your accountant when you're doing your taxes, that hey, here's all my crypto. I want to use this method. And you, if you chose this okay. method, you have to stick with that method. You know, you can't just like I want to on this time do LIFO and another time do FIFO. You right. know, they, it's just too much work. So yeah, it's like you choose one and you gotta like stick with it. Uh, Across for, the board, on it. Okay. yeah. And then for for the audit wise, they're probably just gonna uh, if you get audited and like let's say you have a Coinbase, they're probably gonna pull all your transactions and they review everything. And from what I understand from RS that people that get audited, they also pull your. It's pretty dangerous because they pull your bank accounts and everything, and they'll see anything cash coming in into your bank account. You know, they'll, they'll ask every single question: of, Hey, where does cash come from? Is it coming? From, you know, so that's also like part dangerous. So you want to keep track of everything uh what you have uh because they will sit there and go through every single one of them every transaction and make sure i've been in like 20 different exchanges are you sweating a little ryan good luck with that (laughs) no i can't figure it out they're not gonna be able to figure it out there's no way there's no way all right so let's talk a little bit about companies uh so i've been reading a lot uh like a lot about how corporations, businesses, publicly traded, privately traded, like private companies, um, they're holding Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Um, And there seems to be an advantage to them from what I understand is if they buy Bitcoin at $50,000 and it goes below $50,000 and they do not sell it, they can realize the loss. But when it goes above $50,000, they don't realize the gains until they pull them out. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, I mean, they have an unrealized loss and uh, unrealized gain, but you don't pay or take out just because of that. Uh, it's It should be uh, the same. So like you pouring right. your balance sheet, you have like unrealized loss, unrealized gain, but it those like... You're, it doesn't hit the tax. Um, like they don't, they're not going to pay a tax on it. So there's no tax yeah. benefit. Like they'll report on that, but there's no like the tax benefit on that. Okay. So I was under the impression that um, based on what I was reading, that uh, that was one of the reasons why these big corporations, there's a loophole where if it drops below what they bought it at, they can actually file that as a loss even though they didn't take the money out. Um, and that was like a uh, some type of tax benefit, but that's not the case. No, I don't believe so. I mean, not, not from what I understand on that part. Hey, Torsion Talk family, if you haven't tried Somer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at Somer, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, check them out first. As a matter of fact, Bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, Bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using Bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, Bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Is there any reason why a business should be worried about uh, investing business funds into a, a crypto like Bitcoin? Uh, I mean, it's there's, there's a risk in everything, everybody that makes business. You know, and everybody knows how crypto, how volatile it is. But there's so uh, there's right now like almost all coins Across, there's a huge amount of gains everywhere. Uh, so that's why everybody's jumping in. I guess like there's also a lot of FOMO on, on business. So people are just like pouring money in. Mm-hmm. 
bank. Y'all can promo <laughs> in, pay those high prices, and drive it up for yeah. me. Go ahead. It's okay. I I won't hate you for it. Um, I'm a big fan of Coin Market Cap. Um, I uh, I check this almost every day. Uh, first thing I look for when I when I wake up in the morning, I literally reach over to my phone and I open up Coin Market Cap. I'm, I'm addicted. It's like crack. Uh, market cap means how much money is in crypto. Uh, we're at 2.6 trillion dollars of of what of realized uh, money being traded in crypto or being held. Um, Bitcoin at this very moment is up 2.4 percent. Uh, in the last 24 hours, putting it at 62,563. Um, I got in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was in the four, 6,000 range. Um, it spiked to 20,000, then dropped like a rock um, and hovered. I think it got down to like 3,000 after that. Uh, a strong, like I truly believe that Bitcoin will get back to the $30,000 range. But first, I think Bitcoin's probably going to go to a hundred or 130 from what I've read and uh, all the research I've done. Ethereum's currently at 4429. Uh, last 24 hours is up five and a half percent. And, you know, I started buying uh, Ethereum at, uh, what, I think, 400, um, $300, $400. And now it's at 4400. Um, and, you know, there's projecting Ethereum by the end of the year reaching somewhere in the neighborhood of six to $10,000. Um, you know, I think I tell this story a lot and Russ told me to stop telling it because it's played out and everybody has the same story. So I'm going to tell it anyway, because um, he'll just make fun of me regardless. So, um, but the, uh, uh, I left money in two exchanges um, and forgot that it was there. And you're talking, uh, one was like a hundred something dollars and that was in Binance and the other one was like 600 bucks and that was in um Coinbase Pro. And years went by. And you know, crypto started going crazy and I was trading on a, another platform and I was like, "You know what? Um I I want to use this platform." So I went over to Binance and you know, Binance at the time um I didn't know this, but they were pulling out of the US and there were some regulatory issues and so uh, they were launching uh, Binance.us, and I, I didn't remember leaving anything in there, but I did. Um, I had some Cardano, and I had some Binance coin, and I don't even think I bought the Binance coin. I think it was given to me. I had like seven and a half when they first launched it. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, there was like $3,600 in there from 100 bucks that I had left in that account. Um, and then, so I, I was on, this was like in March of last year. And then um, I went into another account and I left 600 and it was 6,600. And I'm like, I saw it and my eyes popped out and I showed my wife and um, she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, you've been telling me this for a while. Like, I can't believe it. And so, um, but now I'm long-term capital gains on this, yeah. right? And you're talking huge gains. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it feels really good to have forgotten, uh, that you had that in there and go back and see $10,000 when you had 7,000 or 700 something invested or that you left $700 in there. It might've been more honestly. Uh, but I went back and tracked it and tried to see at that date when I like kind of stopped trading, that I had about 700 and some change combined in both of those accounts. And, um, I, I was able to, uh, I was, it was over, it was right at 10 grand, a little over $10,000, um, when all was yeah. said and done. And I just think that's freaking nuts, dude. I mean, you got, uh, somebody sent me a photo of, um, somebody invested Sheba. Um, what was it? Was it Greg? On one second. No, this guy uh, put $8,000 in Sheba. Um, in 400 days, it was worth like billions of dollars. Um, absolutely insane. Oh, here it is right here. 
this wallet. So somebody was hunting wallets and seeing what people like, whatever. So this wallet bought roughly $8,000 of SHIB last August. Uh, it's now worth $5.7 billion with a B, billion, from eight grand. Yeah. From 8,000 to 5.7 billion in roughly 400 days, uh, we may actually be looking at the greatest individual trade of all time. And it shows the purchase and everything like the, um, the balance, the address wallet and everything where it was bought on crypto.com. My only concern with something like that is if you go to pull that out, are they going to give you the money or are they going to fight you? Uh, so I know I read on that liquidity. Yeah, is a problem. So like, I mean, that guy counts parents like inactive for like 200 plus days. So that guy probably forgot he has it. So until like he, he's able to like, if he were to sell it, <laughs> if he can sell it, cause it's so much money that it'll be quite difficult to liquidate that, you know, it'd be like really slow. And if he were to sell all that, it'll probably crash the Shiba market uh, a lot from, you know, so if he's able to liquidate and able to get cash on wherever he he gets, then it will be uh, you just have to pay tax pretty much on it. And I, I forgot about this. I don't know. I read somewhere like the IRS knows that like, it'll be really difficult, like on like auditing all these like transactions. So they're actually coming up printing bots that will able to help them just like, you know, press a button, scan the wallet address and will calculate all the gains and everything. Uh on their end, how much they should pay. So even though like, you know, you find it difficult for you to figure out the transaction, like they're, they're going to be like, it's not their issue. Probably. You're breaking up, Tommy. Uh, so let's, let's go back, like on the auditing wise, on for IRS, I was reading on this thing. I, f- I forgot a few months ago that the IRS, they're pretty much creating a bot to help them. Like, you know, if they were to audit people, they pretty much pull up their wallet address and the bot will scan everything and will calculate how much their taxable income should be based off like, you know, what they choose, like life of FIFO. So like, just because I think some people, they think like, oh, they have a lot of wallet address, you know, it'll be hard for them to figure out. Um, if they were, just, once they figure out how to, to, you know, utilize the bot, I think it'll be pretty quick for them if they get, if you were to get audited in that sense. Uh, I got you. Yeah, that would make it a lot, a lot easier for them to do the bot thing. Automation. Sure. I can see that. <laughs> yep. Automation. Yeah. I'm huge in that. I love it. And uh, when the government starts doing automation, you know we're in trouble because you don't know yeah. if it's going to be right or wrong. Right. <laughs> um. All right. So, so we've got individual investments. We've got. Uh, we've talked a little bit about business investments. Uh, I'm a fan of, you know, investing. Honestly, I put, uh, for the last year, I've put every freaking dollar I could, um, into crypto. Um, and so I'm trying to grow my portfolio because I cashed out all of my retirement to start my door company, um, which wasn't huge at the time, but, um, yeah, you were mentioning Axie Infinity earlier. It's now a 22 uh, on the board of top 100, and it's up to $157, and it's up 23% in the last 24 hours. Axie Infinity, by the way. So, um, yeah, so when, when uh, I don't even remember what I was saying, but uh, I'm a, oh, yeah. So I invested all my money into my business. And so the fastest way for me to grow, in my opinion, my, my investment portfolio was to get into a high risk, uh, high reward opportunity and doing the research, um, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time, uh, a lot of time doing research on, uh, crypto and just everything in general that has to do with crypto. And, um, you know, when you go back and and look at, uh, you know, Coin market cap started tracking uh, Bitcoin back in May of 2013, where the price was $105, um, and you can kind of see, you know, it just gradually goes up. and And there's a guy um, out there uh, on Twitter account called Plan B. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Tommy, but uh, Plan B um, actually did a projection 
Well, he built built what's called a stock to flow chart, and a stock to flow chart just kind of shows the um, projection of um, Bitcoin in general. So where is it going? Um, and so when you look at Plan B stock to flow, he actually came out in July and gave a projection on Bitcoin for every month through the end of the year. And I don't know if you know this or not, but he said um, in July that Bitcoin would end in um, August at 43. It would end in um, September at 47. It would end in August at 63. And then October, sorry, yeah. Um, And then he said that, uh, I'm trying to find the post. I think he said November was like 90 something. Um, and then December was like 135. And he said, this is worst case scenario. Uh, he doesn't see it going any other way. Um, so he was spot on. I don't know if you guys are tracking it close enough, but like spot on for the last two months. And look where Bitcoin's at. Yeah, right it's now. really at. Like 63 is... I mean, this dude, if he hits it three months in a row, I'm starting to think he's like the biggest whale ever in manipulating the numbers um, because I don't know anybody that can do that. Yeah, here you go. No, uh, Let's see here. End of November, 98. End of December, 135. And he said August was 47. September was 43. I had those flipped, which they hit right at those at the end of the month. Um and then October, and he made this post. It was June twentieth. June twentieth, he made this. Um, he just posted on the nineteenth, sixty three k check for October. Um, that was ten days ago. So he felt very confident that he was going to hit his number again. And where did I say Bitcoin was 63. at? Sixty two five ninety two. Crazy. Unbelievable. And there's YouTube channels like um, all day where people just literally put out content. Um, I know a local guy here named Ben Armstrong. Uh, He grew up right down the street from me. We have a lot of mutual friends. Uh, We've hung out a little bit at a a, a conference and at the airport on the way back. Um, And uh, he's got a YouTube channel that's got over a million subscribers. Um, And he does like a bunch of different shows. He's created a media company around crypto. And, um, you know, he just had his Lamborghini delivered and all, I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And I feel like, uh, it's kind of like even spread further where now you've got NFTs where I think I just read, um, crypto punk sold for 55 million, 500 million. Yeah. It's insane. Here it is. It just did it. It just went through. The other day, uh, here on uh, Market Insiders reported a CryptoPunks NFT sells for an eye-popping $532 million, but the purchase isn't all it seems. So anyway, I don't care what it seems. You got $532 million for a JPEG, (laughs) um, which an NFT is a non-fungible token. It's basically an image. um, And that's what we're doing is we're selling... Uh, NFT music on our platform, but these are photos or like images or graphics that people have designed. Um, but Punk 9998 uh, 9, bought for uh, 124,000 ETH, 532 million US dollars uh, by this wallet from this wallet. Yeah. And it's the like a grandma crypto punk. So can you explain to me, like, what, what is, like, tell me a little bit more. I'm a noob, we know. Um, and how should, um, how would you explain crypto and NFTs to somebody that's like, what the heck? Like, I have no idea. What am I buying? What am I investing in? And um, like, if you're, if you're coming in, how would you explain it? Uh, I give a shot because I had the hardest time understanding, like, you know, so how someone pretty much paying like 
money for something like imaginary or like in a digital asset. Right. Uh, but yeah. for like cryptocurrency, such as Bitcoin, you know, it's it doesn't just like pop out. People actually have to work in mind to get it. And there's like a proof of work of trying to get the Bitcoin. So it's basically you also pay, you're pretty much buying for the time. I guess how I like to see it to get to get the Bitcoin. So like, you know, you pretty much have someone's time in your hand that they put out to get it. Uh, that's for how I can see the valuable in Bitcoin. And of course, there's a limit on how many Bitcoins there'll ever be. You know, it's not like you have forever where the U.S. dollar just prints as much as they want and inflation just keep going up while, you know, Bitcoin is, this currency is set to this amount and don't ever be any more than this. Um, so that's how. So that amount is 21 million. Yep. You, you can only have 21 million Bitcoin ever in the history of the world. It can never be changed. That's the most it could ever be. And 19 million has been distributed or mined to date. And they estimate that roughly, um, I think it's 15% have been lost forever and can never be retrieved. So uh, once they finish mining, well, that's the negative to this, right? Is that uh, we're eliminating bank systems. So you become the holder, you become the security guard, you become the teller, you're the social security box or the whatever. So uh, you hold the key. Well, if you lose the key, it's not like you can just go get another key and open the door, right? Call locksmith. That key is everything. So if you forget your login and you don't have your key, you're done. Not even not even Coinbase or Binance or anybody can get that key for you. Um, and, and that's the beauty and also the negative to what we're doing um, in crypto. And so we're, we've mined 19 million um, and there's a 21 uh, million uh, cap on it. And so there's only 2 million left um, that can be mined. Um, and, and what's great about that is, is that, uh, you know, you can buy fractions of a Bitcoin. I don't think a lot of people understand that. You don't have to just go buy a Bitcoin at $65,000 or whatever it is, 62500 so you can spend $10 and buy a Bitcoin or $20 or whatever. You buy a fraction. So it's not in, in, in a way you think about it is like if I had a big gold nugget, you know, somebody went out into the mines and they spent time and invested in equipment and they mined uh, gold. Uh, and then, you know, they brought this huge nugget that was worth uh, $60,000. And they and, and I say, hey, I want some gold, but I don't have $60,000. I have 500. Can I buy some of that gold? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to chip away a little piece of it that's worth 500 bucks and they're going to give it to you. You give them the money. Now, if you stick that in your pocket and you go to the store and you lose it, same theory. You lost it for good, right? But the more they mine of gold, the less that they're going to find and the harder it becomes. So it's very similar in that way with cryptocurrency um, and Bitcoin particularly. And so... Um, Bitcoin, in my opinion, just mathematically and everything I know about economics, almost has to continue going up because you have demand, uh, you have scarcity, um, and you have uh, use case, right? And and the use case hasn't been like 100% defined yet. I think there's a lot of like uh, misnomers on the fact that Bitcoin is going to be like um, – uh, some type of currency where countries are using it to buy and sell goods and services. Uh, when in reality, it's not set up uh, for that type of volume. Um, Bitcoin actually takes quite a bit of time to, to be processed. Um, and so the more volume that you have, uh, the more time it'll take. And so it will get bogged down the more adoption that happens. But you have countries like El Salvador who just adopted it as a, um, they recognize Bitcoin now as a currency in their country. Um, and so uh, that's not really, I think, the best use case for it, but it is great. It's uh, it's more like gold um, than it is more like a dollar. Got it. And what about opinion. NFTs? Tommy, you want to take you that know, one you on? You go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go first. So 
I, I like using the analogy of like um, a baseball card. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we would go buy a box of cards and come home and open up packs and, uh, you know, uh, I would leave them laying there and I'd get distracted and my dog would come over and step on them and ruin them. Um, you know, and, and, you know, uh, you lose them, whatever. Um, and then you go to baseball card shows and, you know, there's all these people that do authenticity and, you know, all this stuff, right. You know, they're, they're authenticating, um, the card itself or they're trying to evaluate the quality of the card or the corners bent. Um, you know, is the card coming apart because there's layers to the card. Um, and you, you know, they had this whole market where now you got these cases that you put the cards in so that you could care for them. And then the ink, um, you know, over time, if it's not stored in a room temperature environment, the ink on the cards, uh, they go out. So imagine like the perfect baseball card, right? It couldn't be tangible because, uh, you have ink and you've got all these things that, that make it age and, and whatever. Um, so it would, it would have to be digital, um, and then imagine if you took that digital baseball card and you made it unique, uh, in a way that, um, only there, there could only be so many of that card ever made, um, and then make it trackable to where you can see everyone who holds that card, uh, what they bought it for, how much they sold it for later. Um, and, and that is how NFTs work. Um, they're smart contracts, uh, that track all of the data um, in those. And what's even really, uh, in my opinion, uh, another use case, which is uh, I'm going to use Amplify Art for an example, because NFTs are disrupting markets everywhere, um, but but really helping artists uh, in not just music, but, um, you know, graphic artists or painters or whatever. Um they're, they're helping them too, because most artists aren't biz, great business people. Um, and so uh, what they end up having to do is hire business people to help them um, market and sell their their um, art. Well, in the music industry, that that is a record label, right? And a record label is going to take a huge chunk of, uh, of the profits from, from that uh, music that you create. So the purpose for, for like Amplify Art was we wanted to give the power back to the artist um, and um, engage uh, the audience with the artist. And so um, with our NFTs, what we're doing is, is um, the artist can create a, a song, put it on our platform, limit how many there are total if they wanted to, um, and then sell it on there. And what's great about it is they get 97% of all the funds um, that uh, on that original record sale, uh, which is... Um, significantly greater than what they would have gotten if they would have hired a record label. Um, and then on the flip side of that, uh, if it's sold in an aftermarket, um, you know, artists have always had a hard time collecting their money and being able to track it. Well, with smart contracts built in, every time there's a transaction where someone sells that song aftermarket, um, then there's royalties paid back to the original artist. And so you have all these built-in triggers that uh, that help, and uh, and there's even benefits to fans too because uh, you know we're encouraging artists to come on our platform to give like VIP access or um, you know maybe like a group Zoom call if they buy a certain specialty album or you could create like um, the same album but have uh, maybe tickets to your next concert included. Um, and you got to pay a little bit more or just do like a random drop on one of those. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and, and that's what I think makes it great. Um, and so an NFT is a non-fungible token with, um, with certain triggers built into it that allow things to happen and be trackable and never be duplicated uh, or replicated. It blows my mind. It's like hard to wrap your head around it. You know, there's so many moving parts. Uh, so you were talking about royalties. So if the if the NFT is resold, does the seller retain their copy and it's duplicated? So they no longer have it at all. Nope. There's only no they can't can't be duplicated. So like if I were to sell the baseball card or the song, okay, um, I lose that. So it goes to the new person that bought it. I'll make money on it. But a portion of the the profits uh, go to 
the original artist um, if the contract was set up that way. Okay. And that's how most contracts yeah, are set sense. up cool. on an NFT. Yeah, Do you want to I mean, add anything to that, Tom? I guess I'm going to say all the talking points, but the, how I look at on the main thing on NFTs, you know, for me to wrap around, like how people are willing to like pay for something that's like digital, you know, it's not tangible. Because uh, it took me like a long time to wrap my head around it to where how some people would be willing to pay for it to have something like that. And now I can see it is, you know, there's a lot of components on that. And it's pretty much also like a collection that they can have on a, like upon their hand that they can show to anybody and everybody can, can look at their collection anytime versus if you have something tangible and you, know, you have to see it in person or something, they'll take a picture, send it to you that, that they have it. And it's also like people have this all kind of like a bride, like, you know, where they can flaunt, like, Hey, I own all this. Cause I, I join other apps that like with NFTs that people buy and people just add more to your collection to just like kind of show off everything, what they have. So, um, there's that, and that to me make more sense. Okay, now I can see why people kind of want to invest more into NFTs and stuff, just to have more on their collections, able to like basically show off of what yeah. they have to. So, no, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. it's the new Lamborghini. That's yeah. why everybody <laughs> likes the crypto punks, right? Um, I'll give you another example because it can be a video too, like a JPEG. Um, one of the, my favorite, uh, NFTs that I own is, um, I bought on candy, um, and they've got a relationship with MLB and candy releases, um, MLB play of the day. They started it during the playoffs and they actually have a video of the day that, um, uh, the Braves got into the World Series, so the last play and then the celebration. Um, sounds like somebody's stealing my truck. Anyway, um, sounds just like it. Um, but so I, I got that, and then uh, the first game of the playoffs or the World Series, Solaire, which is our leadoff hitter in that game, hits a home run at the first uh, first uh, first at bat of the game. And so I got that. And so these are moments that I can never recreate, right? Like I can record it and watch it on the television, but I own official MLB videos. They're mine. I own them and I can hold them forever if I wanted, or I could buy multiple and sell some on a marketplace. But, um, these moments are important to me. Like, uh, I really enjoy this. I'm a Braves fan. Uh, we don't go to the World Series every year. It's been a long time. And so um, this is great because I can relive these moments through an NFT that I own. And I know there's a limited edition of them. So uh, the MLB play of the day from 1023, I own uh, edition 284 of 1591. There were only 1591 ever made and and ever will be made. And I own number 284 of it. Uh, and, and maybe in a couple of years, this is, you know, I bought it for $25. I'm sure I could probably sell it right now for a couple hundred to some poor schmuck. That's a Braves fan like me that would be willing to pay more for it. That missed out on the opportunity to buy it, uh, when it was for sale. And so, um, it, it's great. Like the value of NFTs just continue to go up. Yes. That was you good. Like my poor schmuck comment. Well, cool. I never thought of it. Yeah, I never thought of it as as like digital memorabilia or anything like that. It it, that makes it a lot easier for like a layman to understand. And that also the fact that they're so when you guys are talking about smart contracts and things like that, there's technology built into whatever file type that is that keeps it from being able to be duplicated or. Or, or whatever that's that's part of like a software that's built into whatever you're buying right. am i understanding that right yeah i can go ahead and tell you right now i'll give you another example of something that's probably going to cause me to go bankrupt is um uh zed um tommy are you familiar with the zed horses uh, oh i heard zed about horse it racing? <laughs> there's a lot of gambling on that one too dude I'm telling you, listen, there's certain things that people like me should not get involved in. This is it. This is it, dude. 
Um, so there's there's <laughs> horses, digital horses that are NFTs, yeah. right? No, listen, follow <laughs> me here. I'm so addicted that you can buy, all right, and then you can breed them and have your little baby horse or your horse, whatever. And they have like in the algorithm, they have all of these like um, genetics built in. And so if you have like a purebred horse and you breed it with another purebred horse, you have like this really good thoroughbred horse, right? Yeah. So I think that's how it works. Anyway, uh, and then you can race it for money. You can race it and win wow. freaking tons of money. Um, and yeah. so, and the horses are worth a lot. Like um, if you go to OpenSea, uh, it's a eBay for, call it eBay for NFTs. Um, you can buy crypto punks. You can buy uh, Zed horses. You can buy a bunch of different things. Um, but if you just go on here, I mean, there's horses for sale for tens of thousands of dollars. Um, that you can buy, um, and you got to pay, you know, via Ethereum. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking here just the top row alone, like two ETH for this one, two ETH for this one, 1.3 ETH for this one, and ETH right now is uh, four, $4,500 roughly. So for you're talking digital horse, grand yeah, for a horse, for a digital horse. Do you have to pay but to you can them race and them. board them? Oh, good. <laughs> Well, that's a bonus. No. <laughs> that is a bonus. See, it's cheaper than a real horse. Oh. I'm telling you. Listen, I, I I don't know if I told you guys this, but I I got fired from a job uh, for a game because I was taking three hour lunches playing a game that was very similar to this at an arcade uh, around the corner from my old like an old employer I had. When I was in like my, um, well, I was probably in my mid twenties. Um, every day I would go there and spend tons of money, and it was the same thing. You got a horse, you could breed them, but you had to train them. You had to do all this other stuff, and then when you were done, it would spit out a card, and it had the, like all the data from your horse, all your horse racing data, all the genetics and everything else, and then you could go on eBay and sell them and buy them. It was like Derby. Uh, Derby horse arcade game. Let's see here. Yeah. I don't believe I'll you. You, you like always know about thing. things way more than I do. Derby cost, Owners Club. Cost Ryan World a job. Edition. Boom. <laughs> do yourself a favor. Buy one. Put it in your basement. You will never game. come out. You'll never come out. It's an arcade game. It is, I'm telling you, I got so addicted to it. I literally, the lady that worked there would come up to me. She knew my name. She was like, hey, Ryan, the usual. And I'd be like, yeah. And she'd go get my food and bring it to me. And I would be playing. Yeah. And yeah, I got fired. Wow. I spent thousands. Well. I spent thousands. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I won't. Yeah. Just don't say anything. I know what you're thinking. Um, so anyway, I, listen, I know you guys probably think we're absolutely crazy and we are a little bit. Um, so, uh, Tommy, um, do you, are you open to taking new people, uh, for taxes? Oh, you so my, clients? I, I have somebody on the side where on different firm, but not my current firm because they take on like super high net worth and like partnership returns that like. You have to make millions of dollars to to pay for like basically when you want to use our service. Yeah, like you. <laughs> like me. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I'll give you the a call. The fees that my current firm charges is like it's pretty ridiculous. Like where like my per hour there is almost like six hundred bucks per hour. Um, so that's what we charge per on to our clients. So, um, but I have like. Accounting, if you are interested, I know like a really good team and my uh, other old firm and my old colleagues that are really good with crypto. So if anybody. What if I want to pay 600 an hour? Give me a phone call. <laughs> but if you don't want to pay $600, yeah. 
I'll just have to limit you to like one or two hours yeah, about a month. billion hour for this uh, this podcast. You're like, but Ryan, I'm not done yet. <laughs> for the I can't afford you to work anymore. Just pump the brakes. We'll finish it up next month. So, yeah, so. there you go. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, if you're out there and you're a millionaire and you need a CPA and you're in crypto, you definitely need to talk to my boy Tommy. Um, come with the wallet full because he's going to take your money for it because he he deserves it. He's good at what he does. So um, I know for a fact that uh, my boy Russ trusts him. I've had some great interactions with him. Um, I sell cards for Amplify Art and just pass them off, and he's pretty good about getting everything taken care of. Um, he's on point. He's got a full-time job, and he's managing Amplify Art finances and dealing with Russ <laughs> on a daily basis. is a full-time job in and of That's itself. That's like the hardest so, job right there. Um, Good job. We appreciate you, Tommy. Thanks that's, for coming that's on the, the show. Part. He said that's the hardest. Say job. what? For us, Haley Russ. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. He's a yeah. true creative, bro. He's a true creative. All right, listen, uh, Garage Door guys. If you're not in crypto yet, definitely research it. Uh, I I will commonly give people twenty dollars, tell them they have to put in cash app and buy Bitcoin. Um. And and tell them they cannot take it out because I just want to encourage them to watch it so they can learn about it going up and down and just track it. It's kind of fun. You know, I'll walk down the hallway or go in the warehouse and ask my warehouse guys, uh, you know, hey, what's your Bitcoin at? And they'll go, in, oh, it's $27. Uh, I'll be like, all right, man, we're going to hold it till 40 and then I want my 20 back. Um, and so uh, we have fun with it, but it's uh, it's good to have conversation Listen, just be aware that the upside is huge, but so is the downside. So um, I'm a big fan of what's called DCA, which is dollar cost average. Put a little bit in every single month and just sit back and chill and watch it. Um, So that's my take. That's what I like to do. I tried day trading and I lost a couple thousand dollars, so I stopped. Uh, Not good at that, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Um, So anyway... Love you guys. Be safe. And uh, if you're looking for a $600 an hour CPA, Tommy is your guy.